Amen. That's a powerful song. We do owe everything to the Lord Jesus, don't we? Well, before um, we left for Vermont, I was in a series about the Holy Spirit. We're going to continue that uh, about the Holy Spirit because we need the Holy Spirit. We need to know how He works and operates in our lives, and we need to yield our lives to Him. The Holy Spirit is the person of God. He's not an it. He is the person of God, the third person of the Trinity. He is the promise of God. Jesus said, wait in Jerusalem until the promise of the Father comes upon you. It's awesome to think about Jesus gave us this great commission, go and make disciples of all the nations. But he said, wait, wait. In other words, you can't do it until you have this promise of the Father, the Holy Spirit of God. And the Holy Spirit is the presence of God. And when I think towards the end of June, we were talking about the Holy Spirit being the convicting presence of God, that He convicts the world of sin, He convicts the world of the righteousness of Christ, and He convicts the world of the judgment that people face without Christ. The Holy Spirit is the saving presence of God. That is, we are born again of the Spirit of God, and He is the one that gives us life and gives us the right to become children of God. But today, I want to share with you, and from John chapter 14 and verse 17, this message that the Holy Spirit is the indwelling presence of God. Jesus said, as he's preparing his disciples before uh, his crucifixion, he's, getting, he's teaching them one final time. And he says to them, he introduces them to the Spirit of God. He says, the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive... Because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. So two concepts here. Jesus says he will dwell, abide with you, and he will be in you. Now understand, this is a revolutionary concept to these Jewish men. It was a revolutionary concept in the first century as Jews would hear about the Holy Spirit being living in them. You see, they were accustomed to the Holy Spirit or the Spirit of God moving during as they read about what God did in the Old Testament era, coming upon men and accomplishing great things or prophesying the word of the Lord. It was, the scripture said the Spirit of God came upon so and so and he declared or the Spirit of God came upon and He did certain things. But now it's no longer the Spirit of God just coming upon people. The Spirit of God is now available in all followers of Jesus Christ. So instead of just coming upon you, Jesus said, and instead of just coming alongside you, Jesus said the Holy Spirit is going to be in you. Instead of just coming upon you temporarily for a certain period of time, for a certain task or a certain word, the Holy Spirit of God is going to come in you and dwell with you always for all things. That's something that he wanted them to know then. That's something he wants his followers to know now. The Holy Spirit, in fact, when you translate the term Holy Spirit or Spirit you often see the, the Greek word pneuma, which means breath or wind. 
One way to view the Holy Spirit in us is like our body's need for oxygen. Every cell in our bodies need oxygen to live. The air we breathe contains oxygen. And once in the lungs, oxygen is then moved into the bloodstream and carried through our body. By the blood, the oxygen is carried to every part of our bodies. This teaches us how, this is a physical illustration of how God designed our bodies to teach us a spiritual truth of how we receive the Holy Spirit. How do we receive the Holy Spirit? If the Holy Spirit is compared to the oxygen, what do you think the blood, or who is the blood compared to? Jesus Christ. Here's the, here's the point. You cannot have the Holy Spirit apart from the shed blood of Jesus Christ on your life. The Holy Spirit's not for everybody. He's just for the saved. He's just for those who've given their life to Jesus Christ. It's by the blood of Jesus Christ. Just as the blood in your body brings oxygen to every cell in, in your body. So the way that you are able to get the Holy Spirit is by the blood of Jesus Christ. That is by recognizing your sin. That what you did and what you've done and all the sins that you've ever committed is what put Jesus on the cross, is what caused him to shed his blood. And that because of his blood, that all sins can be forgiven. And you must believe in that. John 3:16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. That whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. He said, there is no forgiveness of sin without the shedding of blood. And Jesus Christ's blood was shed for your sin. There's no other name, the Bible says, under heaven given among men whereby you must be saved. But at the name of Jesus. You see, how do we receive the Holy Spirit? We receive the Holy Spirit by receiving the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ on our sin. We do that by an act of faith. We ask Jesus to forgive us and cleanse us. Jesus cried on the cross as he was hung there, nailed there, bleeding, dying, and looking at his, his condemners and his accusers and the ones who nailed them there. And he said, Father, forgive them. Father, forgive them. And I believe he was looking down the generations, looking past at the generations that had existed before him, looking forward into the generations that would come after him like you and me and saying, Father, forgive them. And so those of you who have received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, those of you who the blood of Jesus Christ has forgiven your sin, you have in you the Holy Spirit. You cannot have, if you're here today without Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit is yours if you come to Jesus Christ. Jesus is the blood. The Bible says the life is in the blood. Jesus Christ's blood was shed for our sins and we cannot have life if we don't have the blood. You take your blood out of your body, you take the oxygen out of your body. You take Jesus out, you take the Holy Spirit with him. Listen, there's no second blessing. When you get saved, you get Jesus, you get God the Father, and you get God the Holy Spirit dwelling, living, abiding with you forever. That's the truth of God's Word. This may not be on the screen it's something that the Lord showed me this week after I'd already given my outline in to Bobby to have it prepared. But listen to 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 6. It says, Yet for us there is one God, the Father. And I, I was struck by the prepositions 
that Paul used, and it's very appropriate here. There is one God, the Father, of whom are all things, and we for Him. In other words, Paul is saying, of everything that exists, it's from God. All of this is of God, it's from God, and it's for God. And we exist because of God. We exist for God. Everything that exists is of God, and it is for God. And then he gives, says this, then, and one Lord Jesus Christ, different preposition, through whom are all things, and through whom we live. In other words, all that is created was of God through Jesus Christ. You go to John chapter 1, Colossians chapter 1, you see Jesus was present at creation. The, the forgiveness of sins, the fact that we have eternal life, is of God through Jesus Christ. Of whom God, through whom Jesus, and through whom we live. We don't live spiritually, solely by the Holy Spirit. We live spiritually because we have the blood of Jesus forgiven our sin, and that's how we had access to this Holy Spirit. The blood is what delivers oxygen to the body. Jesus is what has given us. He is the one who's given us the Holy Spirit to every part of our life. Now you think about your body. Think about your brain, your eyes, your ears, your ability to speak, feel, touch, breathe, walk. All of that is impossible without the oxygen in your system. Now, think about the non-physical parts of you. Thinking, your motives, your feelings, your attitude, your character, your personality, your countenance, your, what you, how you perceive the things going on around you, what you tune into, your speech, your actions. Now, if, if you can't physically do the thinking and the walking and the talking and without the oxygen, why do we think we can do all those things? Thinking, motives, feelings, attitude, character, countenance, without the Holy Spirit. We can't. Jesus is the lifeblood. The Holy Spirit is the oxygen that every part of our being needs to function. We cannot live without Him. The key word here in John 14, 17, to understand the presence of the Holy Spirit in the lives of believers is dwell or abide. It means to stay. He doesn't move out. He abides. He continues. He dwells with. He's present he remains. He tarries there. In other words, the Holy Spirit, when you get saved, when you give your life to Jesus and His blood has been applied to your life, to your sin, He's forgiven it, He gives you the Holy Spirit. And that Holy Spirit takes up residence in you. That's an awesome truth. I encourage you to meditate on that truth today or this week sometime. Go back and rehearse this in your mind. The Holy Spirit takes up residence. He lives within you. Forever. He's not just passing through. In the Old Testament, that's how it was. He would pass through a person. 
he would come upon Elijah and Elijah would preach and the bones would rattle and come to flesh. But then the Spirit of God would leave him until it was more another time God needed to use Elijah. This is completely different. Now the Holy Spirit stops. He lives and He dwells and He makes His residence here. And that's true for every believer everywhere. He comes to stay. He doesn't leave. The Holy Spirit is a vital part of our spiritual and our physical being as followers of Jesus. Ephesians 2.22 says this, In whom, speaking of Jesus Christ, you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. Now, if I understand this verse properly, the Holy Spirit lives in me individually. If you're a follower of Jesus, He lives in you individually. But He also, we are being built together as a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. God wants to bring us into one accord as the body of Christ. That is to be on the same page, to be of the same mind, to be of the same heart, to be of the same purpose. That's not unanimity, that's unity. Unity is is having differences but all moving in the same direction. That can only be accomplished by the power of the Holy Spirit. An illustration I think of is, is a piano. We have a bunch of pianos in this place. If you want one, Brian, aren't we in the market of making donations or selling them to give? Yeah. We'll be happy to give you a piano. Not this one. But let's say we wanted to tune all of the pianos in our church to sound, be tuned just exactly the same. And we were to line those pianos up. Logically, do you think of those Pianos, you think, okay, let's tune this first piano. Let's let the tuner just tune one piano. We're going to save some money. That's what we're about, isn't it? Saving money. (laughs) Tune that first piano and then tune the second piano to the first piano. In other words, everybody agrees with the first one, right? Then tune the third piano to the second piano, the fourth piano to the third piano, the fifth piano to the fourth piano. Isn't that the way you're supposed to do it? Isn't that the way everybody's got to agree with the first one and then the second one and the third one? Let's take a vote and all in favor say aye. That's not, uni- un- that's not unity. That's not one accordance. How would all those pianos be tuned equally? That, pu- that tuner uses a tuning fork and he tunes piano number one to that tuning fork. He tunes piano number two to that tuning fork. Number three, number four, number five, all the way down the line. And in one, when they're all tuned to one, they're all in tune with each other. That's unity. That's one accordness. And that's only possible when every believer in this church is filled with the Spirit of God. We'll talk about the filling of the Spirit next week. Today we're talking about the indwelling of the Spirit. But the one accordness. We are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. Listen, the Holy Spirit's not just behind us. He's not just in front of us. He's not just around us. Jesus says the Holy Spirit is in you. The power of God lives in us. And I want to share something with you. This may not be on the screen either. This is what makes us holy. You remember what Jesus taught in Matthew 23 as he was 
rebuking the Pharisees. He said, Woe to you blind guides who say, Whoever swears by the temple, it is nothing. But whoever swears by the gold of the temple, he's obliged to perform it. Fools and blind, for which is greater, the gold or the temple that sanctifies or makes holy the gold? And whosoever swears by the altar, it is nothing. But whoever swears by the gift that's on the altar, he's obliged to perform it. Fools and blind, for which is greater, the gift or the altar that sanctifies the gift? Jesus is saying that gold did not make the temple holy. It is the temple that made the gold holy. Jesus is saying it's not the gift that you offered that made the altar holy. It's the altar that sanctifies and makes holy the gift. The same is true for us today. It is God in us that makes us holy. It is His contact with us. It's not what we do for Him that makes us holy. It's not our gifts. It's not our service. It's not our showing up to church that makes us holy. It is Him in us that makes us holy. Listen to these scriptures. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. Do you not know that you are the temple of God? And that the Spirit of God dwells in you? You are the house of the living God. This is not the house of God. This is brick and mortar and wood. This brick and mortar and wood is sanctified. Why? Because we're here? No. Because God fills this place. We are the dwelling place of God. He says, if anyone defiles the temple of God, God will destroy him. For you, for the temple of God is holy. Which temple you are. What does the Bible say you are? You are a holy temple. Say that to yourself. Or let's say that together. I am a holy temple. I am a holy temple. Now let's say we are. We are a holy temple. That's how we need to see ourselves. We're holy, not because of our behavior, but because who lives in us? The Holy Spirit of God. That's why he says in chapter 6 of 1 Corinthians, verse 18 to 20, he says, flee sexual immorality. That's all sexual immorality. That covers the gamut. And my friends, I can't imagine, I could have not imagined when I was these kids' age, the gamut of immorality that I would hear about in this day and age. Didn't know that stuff even existed, and it probably didn't back when I was a kid, but now the gamut, he says, flee sexual immorality. He's talking to believers here, all of us. Every sin that a man does is outside the body. But he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. It's not just a spiritual consequence. There is a physical consequence when you commit sexual immorality of any kind. Do you not know that your body... Okay, now we said, yeah, we're the temple of God. And somehow we think of that in some spiritual, ethereal way. But now Paul hones it in and he says, no, your body... That flesh and blood body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. You look in the mirror every morning. And that body that you see, you may like or don't like what you see, 
And you say, ah, it's getting worse every day. That's what I say. It's getting worse every day. God forbid the people got to look at me. It's getting worse every day. But Paul says it like this too. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Though the outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day after day. The spirit of the man. The spirit of the man becomes stronger. But he says your body, no matter what you think it looks like or how strong or how weak you may physically feel, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God. You have the Holy Spirit from God and you are not your own. You were bought with a price. What was the price that was bought, that was paid for you? The blood of Jesus Christ. Brian just led us to sing about the blood of Jesus today. The price was the blood. You were bought with that price. Could there be a greater price? Could there be something more expensive? Could there be something greater than what was paid for us? The blood of His own Son, Jesus Christ, paid for our sins. Therefore, he not only bought my soul, but he bought my body too. Somehow there's a disconnect in the church today that we think our bodies are our own. We can eat and drink and do with our bodies whatever we want to do, and it doesn't really matter. But God says what you do to the body affects everything. He says it's not just your soul that belongs to the Lord. It is your body. You were bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, both which are God's. So if your body's not that important, then why is he not going to leave it here? That's what I like to share at the graveside when I do funerals. Is God didn't just save your soul, he saved your body. He's going to redeem your body. He's coming back for your body. He's going to revolutionize your body, going to transform your body, going to make it brand new, give you a spiritual body that can never decay. He loves your body. And He made your body the way He made it when you came out of the womb. And that's the way it's supposed to stay till you die. He loves your body. Your body belongs to God. Don't do anything to your body that would defile the temple of the living God. Say, God, this is your body. It may not be everything I want it to be. It may not be as strong as I want it to be or it used to be. I can't do everything I used to could do, but God, this is your body. I'm dedicating this body to you. That's why Paul said in Romans, present the members of your, the, present the members of your body as instruments of righteousness unto God. Every day you should be you should be dedicating your body to the Lord, starting with your head down to your feet. Lord, I give you my mind today. I give you my eyes today. I give you my ears today. I give you my mouth and lips and tongue and voice. Lord, I give you my countenance today. I give you my hands and my feet. I give you my stomach. I give you my whole body. Lord, I yield it to you as an instrument of righteousness because it's yours, it's not mine. I don't get to choose how to use my body. You do. So, Lord, use this body. Fill me with your spirit. You live in here. That's why it's so precious. That's why it's holy. You need to see your body as holy. Why is it holy? Because the spirit of God lives in you. You're holy, folks. You're holy. I can see some of you still ain't convinced. You're mainly looking at your spouse going, really? Okay. I don't say that. The Holy Spirit, God says that. You are holy. 
He even asks us in 1 Corinthians 6.15, don't you realize that your bodies are actually parts of Christ? So by the way, whatever you do with your body, you've done it to Christ. Because your body is a part of Christ now. Should a man take his body, which is a part of Christ, and join it to a prostitute? Never. Should you take your body that's a part of Christ and do some ungodly things? Never. 1 Corinthians 6, verse 17 says, But the person who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. You see, the Holy Spirit, this is the temple. He dwells here. He lives here. And everything I do affects that. And, And not only that, but the fact that he lives here should change everything that I do. It, it, it's, and I start that, that truth every day in that mind, Lord, today, my body is still yours. The thing is, the problem is sometimes we take it back. No, Lord, I won't control back over my body. I want to do what I want to do with it. We, that's sin. And, that, and we're going to talk about in this series before we finish, sins against the Holy Spirit, that quenches His power in us. See, the, some people don't like the fact to think that, that, that God's a jealous God. But when you think of human jealousy, you can't think of human jealousy when you think of divine jealousy. Human jealousy is petty. Petty. And it's ba- built on pride and selfishness and selfish ambition. God has none of that. So when it says God is jealous, it's not built on selfish ambition. It's not built on pride and pettiness. It's built on the fact that he says, I am God, and there is no other. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. It says, you shall have no other gods before me. I am God. And so whenever we give our hearts or our bodies to anything else, James 4 says, do you, not, or do you think that the scripture says in vain, the spirit who dwells in us yearns jealously. So whenever I've given my, myself over, my body or my spirit, to something other than what God wants it for, the spirit goes to work, yearning, jealously. You feel it like conviction. You feel it like an uneasiness, a restlessness, an awareness that things just aren't right with you and God. And that's the spirit. If you're a believer, that's the spirit yearning jealously, calling you back. Come back. Come home. Some of you are experiencing that even now because you're a believer and the Holy Spirit's dwelling in you. And you've given your body or your soul or your heart to something else. And the spirit's yearning jealously, calling you back. To the one true God. Would you bow your head with me this morning? I think one of the first hurdles that we need to cross this morning is to accept that we're holy. We look at our behavior, we look at our temptations. And if you were judged by the things you're tempted by, you would be unholy. 
But you know, the Bible says Jesus was tempted in all ways just as we are, yet without sin. So if I were to be judged by my temptation, I would be the most despicable creature in this world because I know the things I'm tempted by. And if we were all to admit the things we're tempted by, we probably would feel the same. But you're not judged by your temptations. You're not even judged whether or not you're holy or not is because you have yielded. So the first thing that we need to do as believers this morning is we need to agree with the Word of God and say, God, yes, I agree with your Word. I've accepted your Son, the blood of your Son Jesus for the forgiveness of my sin. Therefore, the Holy Spirit lives within me. Therefore, I am holy. Agree with God's word this morning, Christians. I am holy. I am the holy temple of the living God. Accept that truth in your spirit. Ask the Holy Spirit to to weld that to your heart and to your mind. For the Bible says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. If you think you're unholy, that's probably how you're living. But if you begin to see yourself as God sees you, you're the temple of the living God, you are holy, then that starts affecting everything you think and do. Would you yield to that truth this morning? The second thing perhaps we need to consider this morning is, am I allowing my body... Have I given my body to ungodly things? Am I looking at ungodly things with my eyes, listening to ungodly things with my ears? Am I participating in ungodly physical behavior of any sort? And if so, then you feel that, and if you're a follower of Jesus, you feel that yearning. Hopefully you still feel it. It could be that you're so calloused that you don't feel it anymore. And listen, it's not just sexual immorality. It's anything that's replaced God in your life. Anything. Even forsaking the assembling of the believers together. You said, I don't need the church. I can sit home and watch church. Yeah, you can and sour and complain and criticize. The Bible says don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. When you forsake the assembling of yourselves together, you're sinning against the Holy Spirit of God. God, the Holy Spirit inspired that word. And you say, I don't need it. Well, you're lying. God be true. Let every man be a liar. Are you gossiping? Are you complaining? Are you griping? Are you finding fault? Are you criticizing? Those are sins against the Spirit of God. And he's not going to let that go. He's yearning within you. So the next hurdle we have to cross is, if I'm holy, am I living holy? Am I talking holy? Am I thinking holy? Am I practicing holy? Am I practicing the holiness of the Spirit of God within me? Am I allowing him to energize me? And then... Some of you today may not have the Spirit of God living in you at all. 
because you've never been saved, but you could be today, right now. Without Jesus Christ, there is no life. There's living, but there's no life. You can make a living. You can make a great living. But without Jesus, you have no life. For the Bible says, he who has the Son of God has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. And if you don't have the Son of God, Paul said in Romans 8, then you don't have the Spirit of God. The way to the Spirit is through Jesus Christ. Would you give your life to Jesus this morning? Would you ask Him to forgive your sin? Thank Him for shedding His blood for you. Ask Him to save you and forgive you. Ask Him to give you His Holy Spirit. Father, you see every heart and soul here this morning. You know where each of us are. You see our past. You see our present. And you see our future. Lord, for those who need to give their heart to Jesus and ask you to forgive their sin and save them, would you help them to do that right now? Your Spirit will give them help. We're born of the Spirit of God. Holy Spirit, help them to be born again. Convince them of the truth of Jesus. Convict them of their sin. Show them that the only way they can be right with you is through Jesus. And Holy Spirit, for the rest of us who are already followers of yours, pray that you would yearn jealously within us. Cause us to feel that yearning and that conviction where we have strayed and bring us back. And Lord, help us to agree with your truth that we're holy. We're the holy temple of God. And I pray that you would weld that truth to our hearts and souls, that we remember that every single day. Because I know that truth can set us free and transform us. Every head bowed, every eye closed as June begins to play.